Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Dave mentioned there is a home team gala one week today, next Sunday evening. What he did not mention is that he's rented a tux for the event, so I'm looking forward to that. Someone said he might look a little bit like the penguin on Madagascar, but I'm not entirely sure about that. I've been accused from time to time of missing the point. It always plays out something like this. You'll walk up to me and you'll say, Mike, I was in White Rock yesterday, and you will never guess who I met. Ryan Reynolds. So I walk up to him, someone like Ryan Reynolds back there. Uh, So I walk up to Ryan and I'm like, hey, Ryan. And he's like, hey, man, you want to hang out? I'm having a barbecue at my place later. You seem super cool. Why don't you come over? Now, I love stories, so you have to understand, I immerse myself in that story as soon as you say it. I want to get into it, and so I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, like a whole bunch. Like, how did you get to White Rock that day? Do you go to White Rock regularly? Is there something sentimental about White Rock to you that causes you to go there on a regular basis? What part of White Rock were you in? What were you wearing? What was Ryan wearing? Were you hanging out with anybody? Was Ryan hanging out with anybody? What was the weather like? Was it unseasonably warm or a little bit chilly? Was it high tide or low tide? And after I ask about 27 of those clarifying questions, the chances are you're going to look at me and say, forget it. I'll tell somebody else. My wife, Corinne, in moments like that, says to me, missing the point since 1969. Now, I bring all of that up because we're continuing this journey through the New Testament gospel of John. And last week and this week, we've seen that Jesus is having a conversation with a group of Jews, and they're missing the point on purpose. So unlike me, they're not asking a bunch of clarifying questions so they can put themselves in the story. Just the opposite is true, in fact. They're missing the point because they want to remove themselves from the implications of the truth that Jesus is speaking. So let me set the stage a little bit. Jesus has just fed 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish. It's incredible. It's amazing. And because of this miracle and other miracles that Jesus has performed, he's beginning to attract a large group of fans. And Jesus looks at them that day and he says, I didn't step into human history to attract a group of fans. I came to invite followers. He says, look, you're here because you think you want a free lunch. But I'm telling you, what you need more than anything else is you need to become spiritually alive. You need to feed your soul. And then Jesus says to them, God sent me into human history to be the bread of life. To be the bread of life. And they really, really miss the point. John chapter 6, starting at 52. At this, the Jews started fighting among themselves. How can this man serve up his flesh for a meal. Jesus wants us to become cannibals. That's weird. They're missing the point on purpose. They know that's not what he's saying. It's kind of like if I said to you, man, I played basketball yesterday. It was tough. I was sweating buckets. And you were like, no, you weren't. You didn't even sweat a single bucket. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. I stand corrected. Jesus is saying, Your needs go a lot deeper than you think they do, and they know that's what he's saying, but they want to miss the point. 
Many among his disciples heard this and said, this is tough. This is tough teaching. Too tough to swallow. Jesus sensed that his disciples were having a hard time with this and said, does this rattle you completely? What would happen if you saw the Son of Man ascending to where he came from? The Spirit can make life. Sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. Every word I've spoken to you is a spirit word, and so it is life-making. But some of you are resisting, refusing to have any part in this. Jesus knew from the start that some weren't going to risk themselves with him. He knew also who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you earlier that no one is capable of coming to me on his own. You get to me only as a gift from the Father. After this, many of his disciples left. So, I want to stop there just for a second. When we hear the word disciples, for you and me, we often think about Jesus' 12 disciples. This passage is referring to a much wider group. Again, Jesus is attracting fans, so there's large crowds with him wherever he goes. There's a bunch of fans that day and say, this is tough. We're out. They no longer wanted to be associated with him. Then Jesus gave the 12. So now we're talking about the 12 core disciples. He gave the 12 their chance. Do you also want to leave? Peter replied, Master, to whom would we go? You have the words of real life, eternal life. We've already committed ourselves, confident that you are the Holy One of God. This is a tough teaching. It's a tough teaching. It's January of 2023, and we hear a lot of news about people making resolutions. New Year, new me, physically fit in 2023. New Year, new me, mentally strong in 2023. New Year, new me, emotionally positive in 2023. Those are all great things. But the truth that Jesus is explaining that day, that still applies to you and me today, is that you and me go a lot deeper than that. I think we all get that, right? It's great to be physically fit, but you're a lot more than physical. It's great to be mentally strong, but you're a lot more than mental. You're more than your bench press and your IQ. It's great to be emotionally positive, but you're even a lot more than your emotions. Jesus says, you need to think deeper. I would suggest to you today that God's plan for you in 2023 doesn't sound like new year, new me. God's plan for you doesn't sound like new year, new you. God has a slightly different plan for you. And here's what it is. New year, more you. New year, more you. That this year you would become the youest version of you that the world has ever seen. That this year you would become the youest version of you that the world has ever seen. See, you were created on purpose. God thought you up. You're his idea. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says it this way. You are God's masterpiece. That you were placed on this planet in this moment for a reason. You were placed in that family, in that marriage, in that neighborhood, at that church, in this situation for a reason. And so what the world desperately needs from you, what your spouse desperately needs from you, what your friends desperately need from you in 2023 is not a brand new you, just more you. That's the plan. Jesus says you need to become spiritually alive in 2023. You need to feed your soul in 2023. And then you know what happens? Slowly, 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 step by step, moment by moment, everything that is not the truest version of you gets chipped away. 
Someone asked Michelangelo once after he created the beautiful statue called David, how do you do it? He said, I looked at the block of marble and I just chipped every piece away that wasn't David. That's you in 2023. Every little bit of insecurity, every little bit of shame, every little bit of guilt, every little bit of ego, every little bit of compromise, every little bit of doubt gets chipped away and we get to see the U.S. version of you that the world has ever seen. New you, new year, more you. New year, more you in 2023. You gotta be spiritually alive, you gotta feed your soul. So what I've been talking about over the last two weeks is how to feed your soul. How to feed your soul. I went, I, I went through seven R's. I'm going through seven R's. And last week I gave you the first three R's. I said, first of all, you got to read. Got to read your Bible, not as a fan, but as a follower. If you missed last week, by the way, I invite you to catch up on uh, YouTube or podcast. You're going to love it. It's really going to help you. So the first R is read. Read your Bible, not as a fan, but as a follower. The second R is to review because the unexamined life is not worth living. The third R is to rejoice, because grateful people are joyful people, and joyful people are grateful people. So today I want to talk about the last four R's. The next R is repent. Repent. That word's got a little bit of a bad rap throughout the years, I think. Repent. It just doesn't sound fun, really, but actually it's a lot of fun. It's amazing. I'm going to show you today. You're going to love repentance after today. Okay? So first of all, some people will tell you, repent means to change your heart. It does not. Repentance does not mean to change your heart. You can't change your heart. Repentance means to change your mind. And then God will change your heart. Because only God can change your heart. Change your mind. Invite God to change your heart. Let me get a little bit theological with you today. Because I really want you to love repentance. Because it's worth loving. In John chapter 3, Jesus was having a conversation with a man named Nicodemus. He said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again from above, Nicodemus. You must be born again. In other words, you need to become spiritually alive. You need to become spiritually alive. You come to a place in your life when you get to know a little bit about Jesus, and you realize, Jesus, you stepped into human history for me. You died for me so I could have a fresh start, a new beginning, so I could move past my past. I accept you as my savior. Jesus, I've come to understand that you rose again for me. And now that victory can be my victory, that I can experience real life, real life that starts now and stretches into forever. Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord. And then you are born again. You go from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. In that moment, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, when you acknowledge him as your Lord, doesn't matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done or what you've seen or what you haven't done, in that moment that you accept Jesus, you are born again. You are spiritually alive. And yet, your heart, your heart, your heart, relatively speaking, remains unchanged. And when we're talking about uh, your heart, the Bible, when it says your heart, it's not usually talking about your physical heart. It's talking specifically of your desires and your emotions. You're spiritually alive now, but yet your desires and your emotions, they're lagging behind. 
that you're, you're, you're not living the life that you were created to live. You're not the truest version of you that the world has ever seen yet. You know why? Because your heart, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your heart is lagging behind. And that's where repentance comes in. See, now you're spiritually alive. So you change your mind and you say, God, I need you to change my heart because I can't do it. I need you to change my desires and change my emotions because I can't pull this off. Romans 8 verse 16 says it this way, God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. God's spirit touches your spirit and confirms who you really are. The youest version of you that the world has ever seen this year will happen when you invite God's spirit to touch your spirit and to begin change your heart. Repentance is a beautiful thing. There's macro-level repentance and there's micro-level repentance. Macro-level repentance is to change your mind and say, God, I changed my mind. I don't believe that life is truly lived from the outside in anymore. See, outside-in living says this. If I become physically fit, it's going to fundamentally change the nature of my existence. If I become mentally strong, it's going to fundamentally change the nature of my existence. That's what outside-in living says. Outside-in living says, if I can become emotionally positive, it's going to fundamentally change the nature of my existence. If I become wealthy, it's going to fundamentally change the nature of my existence. If I get enough pleasure, it's going to fundamentally change the nature of my existence. If I make enough friends, it's going to change everything. It's going to meet my deepest needs. It's going to fulfill my strongest desires. Macro-level repentance says, I changed my mind. I tried that. It actually doesn't work. Like, it's great to be physically fit. I'm pointing at myself right now because I'm, like, I'm the picture of physical fitness or something like that. <laughs> it's great to be physically fit, okay? But it doesn't fundamentally change you. It's great to have resources and wealth, and yet it doesn't fundamentally change the nature of your existence. Does that make sense? That's outside in living. And then we repent and we say, Jesus, I actually... It's tough. It's a tough teaching. Oh, man, is it tough. But I actually changed my mind. I now believe that life is lived from the inside out. Th that I need you to change me from the inside out. And that, in turn, will change everything. It's macro-level repentance. Then there's micro-level repentance, which is just day-to-day -day repentance. Day-to-day -day repentance. Where I look back over my day and I say, I'm going to change my mind about, a little bit about the way I acted this last day. Years ago, I was discipling a, a bunch of guys, and I was talking to one of them one day, and, and I looked at him and I said, I finally figured it out. I finally figured out what you really need to do to have success in your life. He said, what? Like, took out a piece of paper, he's looking to write it down. I said, here it is, are you ready? Do whatever you want. He's like, I tried that. It didn't work at all. No, I said, you don't get it. Here's what I mean. Take out a piece of paper, okay, and plan tomorrow. Plan tomorrow. Plan the kind of life you want to live tomorrow, the kind of decisions you want to make tomorrow, the kind of way you want to act tomorrow. Plan it now. It's amazing when you think about it. If you and me were to sit down and plan tomorrow right now, I bet you we'd have a pretty good plan. 
a better plan would look a lot like the youest version of you that the world has ever seen, the meest version of me that the world has ever seen. If we plan tomorrow today, and yet sometimes when the calendar turns, when tomorrow becomes today, it doesn't always play out the way that I wrote it on paper. What happened? The heart happened. That's what happened. Your heart happened. Your emotions and your desires got in the way of your best intentions. So what we need to do is we need to micro-level repent. We look back over our day. You know, Galatians 5 in the New Testament of the Bible kind of goes through this description of what the meest version of me could ever look like, what the youest version of you could ever look like. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. What a life, what a life, what a life, what a life I would live if that was me. Man, if I could pull that off, I would be the meest version of me that the world has ever seen. And yet, sometimes I walk into the day going, man, I'm just going to love today. It's going to be amazing. Thomas Aquinas said love is to will the good of the other. That's beautiful, right? To will the good of the other. But sometimes my heart doesn't want to do that. My emotions and desires are into selfishness, sometimes enmity anger or even hatred. I walk into the day sometimes thinking, man, today's going to be a joyful day, but then my heart gets in the way and my heart pulls me towards entitlement, complaining, discontentment. I walk into the day sometimes saying, I'm going to have a peaceful day. Today's going to be a day of peace, and yet my heart doesn't always pull me in that direction. Sometimes my heart pulls me towards anxiety or drama or even gossip. I walk into the day sometimes going, today I'm going to be patient. And my heart says, uh-uh. I have the best of intentions. Today's going to be a good day. I'm going to make good choices all day long. But sometimes your heart, sometimes your heart, when no one's looking, sometimes your heart gravitates away from the good and towards the bad. Your emotions and your desires don't always match up with your highest aspiration of who you want to be. You walk into the day going, I'm going to be kind I'm going to be kind today. Philo of Alexandria once said, be kind, be kind, be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. Isn't that beautiful? Be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. I like that. My heart doesn't like that. Like sometimes I run into you and you frost my flakes. And I want to think, oh, you're fighting a great battle. But my heart's like, forget that. Guy's an idiot. He woke up this morning. The only thing going on in his life is his one goal is to bug me today. That's it. Right? Gentleness says, man, my strength is going to be under control today. And yet sometimes my heart says, me first, me first. I'm going to jump to the front. I want to be faithful, but sometimes my desires and my emotions pull me towards faithless. I want to be self-controlled, but here's the thing. Sometimes my heart says, forget that resolution about nothing but kale salad in 2023. Let's go box of Oreos, Rolo ice cream, and a bag of Twizzlers. That's what we're going with today. Sometimes self-control doesn't always work that way. The meest version of me in 2023 would be courageous. But sometimes my heart pulls me towards cowardice. The meest version of me in 2023 would be generous, but sometimes my heart, my emotions, and my desire pull me towards greed instead. And so this is what micro-level, day-by-day repentance looks like. It's a beautiful thing. We just go through our day and say, hey, God, in that moment, in that moment, 
my heart had me convinced that what I really needed to do there is be greedy. I changed my mind. I changed my mind, God. Can you please help me be generous? Can your spirit touch my spirit and to begin to change my heart? You know, in that moment, my emotions and my desires, God, had me really angry, even hateful. But I changed my mind. I don't want to live that way. I want to live by love. I want to live with love. Would you please change my heart as I change my mind? So the next R was repent. Change your mind, invite God to change your heart. And little by little by little by little, day by day, moment by moment, week by week, year by year, you know what's going to happen? Next thing you know, your heart's going to become your ally. Your emotions and your desires are going to change, and you're going to move your emotions and your desires. You're going to want to. You're going to desire to be the person you were created to be. The next R is request. Request. Tough teaching. Tough teaching. Request. Because request means to ask Jesus for help. You've got to put down your self-reliance. You've got to put down your self-reliance. That's a tough teaching. To humble yourself and say, Jesus, I, I need your help today. To pray for me. Jesus, would you, would you be with my health? Would you be with my job, my business? Would you give me wisdom today, please, Jesus? Would you be with me at school? Would you be with my finances? And you pray for other people. God, would you please be with my spouse be with my kids, be with my grandkids, be with my friends, be with my family. And then you go even further still. Jesus, would you be with the hurting and broken people in our world? The battered and the bruised and the lost and the lonely. And there's so much power in prayer. And one of the things that you're going to find Jesus is going to do is he's going to answer your prayers. And one of the ways he's going to do it is he's going to invite you to be part of the answer to your own prayers. So you might pray, Jesus, would you please help me with my finances? And he'll, and he'll say, man, I'd love to. I would love to. Would you please learn how to budget? That's what he's going to tell you. <laughs> you want me to help you with your finances, Jesus is going to say. And what you really mean is, can you do a loaves and fishes things with my finances, please? Because I am $1,700 in the red every month because I keep spending more than I make. And Jesus might say, hey, that's great. So why don't you learn to budget? And we're going to work on this together. Why don't you jump into FLE at Southside Church, Financial Learning Experience, 604-670-3040, and start learning to tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went all the time. Okay, so sometimes Jesus is going to ask you to be part of the answer to your own prayers. Jesus, can you please encourage my kids today? Can you let them know they're loved? Let them know they're gifted? Let them know they're important. And Jesus will answer that prayer. But I bet you one of the ways he's going to answer, he's going to look at you and go, you start. You tell them. You tell them how loved they are. You tell them how important they are. You tell them how gifted they are. You tell them how special they are. You go. Jesus, will you please be with the battered and the bruised and the broken in this storm-tossed world we live in? And Jesus will say, you bet. I have an eternal plan for every single one of them. And in the meantime, in the meantime, why don't you step out in generosity with your time and your talent and your treasure 
and be a part of the solution. And here's what's crazy. When you pray for others, and then Jesus invites you to be part of the answer to your own prayer for others, and you step it out in obedience and you do just that, you know what's going to happen? As you become part of the answer, in obedience, as you become part of the answer to the prayer that you prayed for other people, you know what's going to happen? In that obedience, he's going to change you. He's going to answer the prayer that you had for you while you are part of the answer to the prayer that you had for others. So number one today, we repent. Just change your mind. Ask God to change your heart. Second, we request. We put down self-reliance and we ask for help. The next one is reflect. Reflect. It's a tough teaching. It's a tough teaching. Jesus says you've got to look deeper. You're more than your IQ and your bench press. You've got to look deeper. That's a tough teaching. You've got to give up this outside-in living. You've got to put down self-reliance. That's a tough teaching. And reflection is so important because in reflection, what you do is you remind yourself, who is this Jesus? Who is this Savior inviting me to follow him? Who is this? Who is this telling me that I need the faith to go from a fan who finds him entertaining and exciting to a follower that's willing to give my life to follow his lead? Who is this Jesus? Who is this Savior who invites me to follow him? There's this old hymn called How Great Thou Art. It starts out by saying, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hand has made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, your power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. Who is this God? Look around, look around, look around. Get outside. If you're in Chilliwack right now, you happen to live on the most beautiful place in the planet, so go outside and look up. I made a joke in the first service that said, if you're in Red Deer, I'm sorry, you should come to Chilliwack and look around, and my aunt texted me again, so I won't do that. <laughs> look around, look around, and understand there's an artist behind this artistry. There's a master behind this masterpiece. Look around, reflect, who is this Jesus? Who is this? He's the artist behind the artistry. Look at your friends and family. You're such a wingnut. Look at the amazing people that he put in your life. What a God, what a savior. Look at your life. Look at your life through the twists and turns and the ups and downs. Here you are, he's been faithful. Reflect on that every day. Yeah, we can celebrate that. I add one last R. I added it this year because I've been talking to a lot of people, and I've been finding there's a lot of us who, when we're being completely honest, would say sometimes we end our time with God by feeling worse instead of better, which I don't think is the goal. So I added another R, and the last R is remember, remember, remember. A few years ago, my son Lucas played basketball at the University of Calgary. His little brother, Gabe, was also on the team. He was a red shirt, so he was on the roster, but not on the active playing list. Anyways, that year, Calgary qualified for the national championship in Halifax, Nova Scotia. 
And so I flew out to watch. It was cool. I was so glad that I went because I got to watch the quarterfinal, the semifinal, and the final. Lucas played amazing, and the team won the national championship. It was so cool. And I remember when the game ended, the usher let me through, and I ran on the floor, and I celebrated with the team. And then the team went off to the locker room, and I was by myself in the arena for like a really, 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 really long time. I'm sitting there, like I'm sitting in one of the bleachers, and I'm like, um, what do I do now? Like, when's the team coming out? So I sat there until it was me and like two Scotiabank employees from the Scotiabank Center in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I'm like, huh. So I was getting a lot of texts and a lot of calls, which was fun. I did a little bit of research while I was there, because I was there for a really, really, really long time. I found out that when you're in Halifax, you're actually exactly halfway between Vancouver and London, England. What a big country we live in, right? Like we're four time zones away. They're four hours ahead, Atlantic time zone. Anyways, I was sitting there for a really, 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 really long time, so I had time to research things like this, you know? So finally I get a text from Lucas and Gabe, and they're like, Dad, where are you? I'm like, I'm here, in the arena, where are you? They're like, oh, we jumped on the team bus a long time ago, we're at the hotel. <laughs> so I texted them, I'm like, This is how I text. I text with one thumb. I could, I could pretend that I text with two thumbs, but I don't. But anyways, I texted them. I said, hey, that's awesome. I hope you guys have an incredible night celebrating with your teammates. We'll see you tomorrow. See, my assumption was, and I thought it was a really good assumption, that they don't want to hang around with their dad tonight. They won this thing as a team. They want to hang out with their team. And, and I wasn't sad. I was going to go back to the hotel and watch the highlights. It was fine. I was still so glad that I was there. But I was convinced that they didn't want to hang around with me on that particular night. Here's the thing. I think that a lot of us think that same thing about God. We start out our day or we end our day by reading the Bible. And then we think to ourselves, you know what? I didn't focus in as much as I could have. And then we review our day, but we're probably not as thorough as we could have been. And then we rejoice, but I probably wasn't quite as grateful as I should have been. And then I, and then I repent, but there's probably a lot more things I could have repented of. And then I request, but now that I think about it, I was asking a lot of selfish things. And at the end of the time, I think for some of us, we have an image, at least in part, at least in part of God standing there going, you know who I am, right? I'm the God of the universe. You don't think I have something better to do with my time than listen to this drivel. See, I think for a lot of us, at least in part, we kind of think that God's got a lot better things to do than to hang out with us. So anyways, I'm on my way to the rental car and I get another text from Lucas and Gabe and they're like, Dad, of course we want to hang out with you. Like, we'll celebrate with the teammates later, just drive down the hotel and pick us up. So I did, and we went to this pizza place in downtown Halifax. Man, it was awesome. To this day, I say it was the best pizza I've ever had. I'm not even sure. It was just such a fun night, you know what I mean? So everything seems great to me. But I remember being there, and I told you earlier I asked a lot of questions. Well, that night it was good, because they were eager to explain every single little thing that happened, and I just wanted to hear it. And pretty soon, it wasn't even about a basketball game anymore. It was just being with my boys. Probably one of the most amazing nights of my life. 
And it hit me as I was sitting there in that pizza joint in downtown Halifax that decades and decades and decades earlier, my dad was a little boy who got on a boat in Holland and docked in Halifax, Nova Scotia before his family headed west to live here. And I thought of legacy, and I thought of gratitude, and I thought about how much I love being with my boys. It's just delighting in them. But I want you to imagine something. Let's say this story took a little bit of a turn at this point, okay? Just a little bit of a turn. So now I continue to tell you, now I, I gotta say, this, I'm making this next part up because there were some people who gasped last service, okay? They were really freaked out. This next part is made up, but let's imagine it happened, okay? So Lucas looks at his phone. I'm sitting there in a pizza place in Halifax. Lucas looks at his phone. Well, I lose it. I lose it. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I, I flew all the way out here. You're going to stare at your phone? That's insane. And I grab the phone out of his hand. I throw it across the restaurant. And then I notice that Gabe glances at the door. So I lose it again, obviously. I'm like, what? I'm paying for the pizza, man. You will lock eyes with me, mister. You will lock eyes. <laughs> then they glance at each other. Well, now I really, really lose it. I'm like, this is a joke. This is the stupidest waste of time I've ever experienced. I push out, I throw the chair across the restaurant, I walk out, get on a plane, and fly home. Of course, that didn't happen. How weird would that be? I think Lucas looked at his phone a lot. I don't really remember, but I know he got like 1,500 texts that night. And I think Gabe probably glanced at the door. I don't really remember. All I re remember is just, I just love being with my boys. I just delight in them. And the last star that I want to give you today is remember. Remember who you are, man. Remember who you are. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. He's your dad. You don't think he has any place? There is no place else that he would want to be in that moment. He loves you. He delights. Sometimes he bumps the angels and said, would you check out Mike? Isn't he awesome? He's not folding his hands across his chest. He's just delighting in you. Delighting in the legacy, the plan that he's had before the foundations of the earth for you and your life. He loves you. Remember that. Remember that. Now, I know he's with you every minute of every day. I understand that. But there's something significant about starting your day or ending your day or in the middle of your day, spending that time, that 10 minutes, that 15, whatever it is, where you're just focused on him. And what I want you to do this year, if you can for me, I prayed all week for you. And I felt like God wanted you to know that whenever that time ends, and maybe you focused and maybe you didn't. Maybe you were really grateful, but maybe you could have been a little bit more grateful. But when that time ends, I want you to know what God's saying to you. God's looking at you going, man, man, I love that. I love that. Hey, let's do it again tomorrow. New year, more you. The youest version of you 
the world has ever seen this year. Spiritually alive and feeding your soul. Number one, we're gonna read. Read the Bible not as a fan, but as a follower. We're gonna review because the unexamined life is not worth living. We're going to rejoice because joyful people are grateful people and grateful people are joyful people. We're gonna repent, but it's a good thing. Change our mind and then God's gonna change our heart. We're gonna request. We're gonna put down our self-reliance and ask God for help. We're gonna reflect, we're gonna remember, who is this Jesus? Who is this savior that's inviting me to follow him? But finally, finally, don't forget this. If you forget everything else that I've said these last two weeks, don't forget this. We're gonna remember who you are so loved so delighted in. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your head as we end our time. New year, more you. The you is version of you that the world has ever seen. Spiritually alive. Spiritually alive. Jesus said it this way, you must be born again. You must be born again. Really simple, by the way. Jesus died so that we could have a fresh start. Our sins could be forgiven. Our slate could be wiped completely clean. We could move past our past fully and completely. He rose again so that his victory could become our victory, that we could experience life today, tomorrow, and forever. So the first step to becoming spiritually alive is to be born again, to accept what Jesus did for you, to accept that free gift. And if that's you today with all eyes closed and all heads bowed, whether you're watching online or in person, just raise your hand right now because I want to pray for you right this second. Nice and high if you don't mind. Amazing. Whether you're online or in person, if your hand is raised, you can put it down right now. I'm going to pray out loud. I invite you to pray silently along with me. Jesus, thank you. stand here just so thankful for your love, your unconditional, infinite, never-ending love. Thank you. So Jesus, today I come to you and I ask you to be my Savior. I pray for a fresh start, a new beginning. You would move me past my past, past my guilt, past my shame, past my scars. Today I acknowledge you as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose again. And I pray your victory would play out in my life. Not just someday, when I step into eternity, but this day, as you would change my heart little by little to become everything that I was created to be. And Jesus, now for all of us, for all of us, whether we've been in church our whole lives, I pray that this would be a year that we would never, ever forget. That we have a Father who never tires of us, who's never exasperated with us, who delights in us. We love you and we thank you. In your name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate. I love you guys a lot. Hey, we'll see you next week. I, we're stepping into John chapter 7 next week. I can't think of a better passage for 2023 then John 7, it's going to be amazing. We'll see you then.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.